Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One artist. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, Litter Geek and Writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You hope for news, reviews, slightly antagonist and patron, much, much more. It's episode one one three. It is. I could just hear the disappointment in your voice when I didn't say one cutie again. <laughs> I'm just weird. I'll keep putting it there one day. It'll happen. One cutie. One cutie. One cutie! One cutie! Uh, even I'm feeling uncomfortable now. <laughs> but, uh, recording early this week so Eric can have his weekend of debauchery. Uh. I'm, I'm simultaneously not looking forward to it and looking forward to it. It's <laughs> going to be terrifying. We are, uh, finishing up our read through of Grant Morrison's new X-Men. Uh, I'm looking forward to this particular, uh, discussion because Eric has already told Just... me he has thoughts. Yeah, just imagine me making the the noise that Sideshow Bob makes when he gets hit in the face with a rake. Oh, good. Imagine that for two hours. That's that's what is going to happen at the end of this podcast. Rakes is mortal enemy. Yes. Like, like, mm, <laughs> yeah. A mur- like an angry murmur? Yeah. That's, that was actually pretty good. Uh, was, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was a good Kelsey Graham. Murmur, murmur, Kelsey murmur. But uh, before our talk, we're gonna we're gonna murmur through Grant Morrison. We have yes. uh, some other comic books to talk about, don't we, Eric? We do. Why don't we? Don't we do that? Sound good? It sounds like a fine idea. That's why I I am doing this tonight instead of packing or cleaning my house. Those are those are vastly who, inferior things. Who needs those things? Screw it. Yeah, it is time for weekly floppy. <laughs> Weekly Floppies is the part of the show Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books. Tell you buy or do not buy them. Uh, we're smart fellas. Mm-hmm. We pretty much agree. Mostly. I'll tell you I'll tell you how smart I am. I literally did jazz hands to the interlude noise. You can't watch me. You can't. <laughs> I, I literally did jazz hands. I, I'm, not, I'm still not used to the fact that you can't see me. I can picture it, though. Yeah. I mean, I picture you all the time anyway, so. I, I know. Likewise. Our My first... Darling. <laughs> Our first book this week is Plutona. I think I'm saying it correctly. I don't know for sure, because there's no way to know. <laughs> I, I believe we were just talking to one of the creators on uh, on Twitter, kind of, interacting with, rather. <laughs> caught, got caught in the crossfire. It's, it's possible that... Uh, Maybe they would know how to say it. I don't know. Plutona. So maybe there's maybe it's a, a bit of an overstatement to say no one knows. I'm going to say Plutona. I'm co- uh, fairly I, confident. I, I feel pretty good about that as well. Uh, let's see. Story by Emmy Lennox and Jeff Lemire. Script by Jeff Lemire. Art by Emmy Lennox. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by Steve Wands. Um, uh, what is that? Sta- is it Stand By Me is the, move, the movie the River Phoenix and uh, Will Wheaton when they find the dead body? That sounds right. I don't know. Yeah, it's Stand By Me. This is like that, but with a superhero dead body, kind of. It's 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 like you know, there's these kids. They're kind of losers or weirdos. 
and uh, they find a, a superhero dead body. Although the most of this story is just kind of getting to know the children. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that that is the solicitation. I'm not giving spoilers away or anything. Like it says that in, in the, the solicitation, they find a dead body. But for the most part, you're just kind of learning about these kids, about their foibles, about how each of them are kind of outcast in, in their own way. Uh, and I. Yeah, like Eric just mentioned, we had a Izzy, our, one of our uh, uh, fans, listeners, tell us we should listen, we should read the read this this week, and we are already ahead of it, and mm-hmm. uh, it's good. I like it. Oh well, well, everybody already knows that. Everyone someone got someone logged into the Twitter and spoiled that for everyone. It's my yes, I know everyone. 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 I stay logged into everyone. Twitter. Everyone. Sorry, I, I always want to do that. <laughs> always, I never want to stop. Doing the the Gary Oldman voice from Leon the Professional. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Oh, I think everyone should read this book. <laughs> it's really cute and really good, and I don't know. Looks really nice. They got they got a like a like a weird Breakfast Club collection of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know you get the chubby girl and the bully who probably abused by his father. And the, the, the weirdo girl with her brother and, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I, it really, they feel like children to me. Yes, it, very it, much so. It does not feel like, you know, an adult trying to write kids. I think, I think Lee Meyer does a good job of writing, uh, wait a minute, this is the Lee Meyer, right? Yes, correct. Okay, I'm gonna say, I, I, I feel like I'd be really embarrassed if I'm getting that wrong. I think he does a really good job of writing kids. He does. I, I really enjoyed, um, the way he wrote uh, the daughter and Animal Man, and I can't remember if we if he wrote too many other kids in uh, stories we've read by him, but I definitely have a lot of confidence in his ability as a writer. And this it's another solid book. It's I I like the way it looks. The coloring is great. I mean, I, this is probably the first book that J- this Jordy Belair person's ever colored, right? Must be. Yeah, probably. You know, she's, totally never. she's one to watch, I would say. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Bright, heard of her. bright future for that one. Well, I don't know if I'd call it a bright future as much as like she's just going to color, color two thirds of the comic books from here until the day she dies. She has knocked it down to half oh. of the comics. Fucking slacker. <laughs> but no, it, it looks really nice. I, the, the art suits the story. It, it I don't, I can't place, like, it feels like a lot of different things, but I don't, I can't, like, name them. The thing that makes it, that, that looks the most similar to me is, um, um, in real life, uh, her last name is Wang. I'm trying to remember if it was it, I don't think it's Vera Wang. What's her name? Jen Wang? Jen Wang. I want to say it's Jen Wang. Am I, I right? I think you're right, yes. Am I right, internet? I believe you are correct. I am correct. There you Thank go. Thank you, Google. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google, for nothing. Your snazzy logo. It reminds me a lot of, uh, of that, that sort of an art style like that. They probably have some similar, um, influences. Uh, goodness, who else does it make me think of? Maybe even a Faith Aaron Hicks as well. But yes, this book, it be's good. Yeah, it's, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm a buy. This is, this is one of those occasions where you stack good on top of good on top of good and, Somehow it makes something that's good. Imagine that synergy. Craziness. So I know it's really weird. How that works like that? I guess so. 
but I am a that, that, yeah, well, look, You are a double buy. I, I am a double that buy. exactly what you are. We are a double buy on Plutona number one. Uh, next up is John Flood, number two. I'm really curious what you think of this book. I'm not necessarily certain of what I think about this book, actually. Eventually, uh, we'll load on my, my, uh, my iPad, I'm sure. Oh, nope, Comixology will crash that. That's good. Yep. Fuck reading comics. Who cares? <laughs> They're really DRM salesmen. There we go. John Flood, number two, written by Justin Jordan, illustrated by Jorge Cuelho, colors by Tamara Bonvillon, bon letters by Ed Dukesher. Dukesher. I do love watch listening to you say Duke sure. Yeah. Um I I like all the criticisms I had of the first issue are still valid to me. Like why I don't feel... you why don't why don't you refresh me of that? I remember you came away from it fairly negative and I remember you thought it was I don't know that there was something about the tone of it that was either like pretentious or you didn't like it. I, but why don't you why don't you elaborate? Why don't you refresh my memory on I, that? I I think I my thoughts were like, wow, I I was a buy. I remember that, and mm -hmm. I don't I forget if I used the motion meter or not. But I was like, there's a lot of stuff in it. I feel like I should like, but it wasn't coming together. And like the name of the book is John Flood and barely in it. Um, and you don't really get much of his weird vision, like, you know, the way he sees things, which I, you, I mean, you, you talked about that. I remember how that was really intriguing to you about the way he perceives the world, mm -hmm. this weirdo. And then, but the name of John Flood, but it seems like our protagonist is more like, uh, uh, Burley McBroad shoulders and mm -hmm. not, not, I still don't know. I do not know his name. I still don't remember what the, what Steve Rogers name is. Um, Barry, Barry, Barry. Okay. but not, not like, not like. Whatever the hell Barry's short for. I was gonna say Barreled, but that's not a name. <laughs> but, but as in like Strawberry, because he keeps making Mobius, uh, references to the Mobius comic Blueberry. And he calls him Blueberry on a couple of occasions. But I, like, and I, I think it is starting to kind of get a tone. And I was, about the first half of this book, I'm like, I don't think I like this anymore. I'm officially not, and then, you know, they save a cat, literally, which is like, the that's the, I feel like that's intentional, like, the save the cat moment, mm -hmm. like, I feel like, and the fact, like, evil Frank, Pun evil Frank Castle shows up, and they do, like, a kind of switcheroo on the last page with him, I, it kind of turned itself around on me, I'm a, I'm a fan, I think, I think I like this book. Okay, I did not think you were going to take it that way. Um, no, I, I, hell, I enjoyed this. I liked the first one, just sort of on the premise of it and, you know, how weird the characters seem. And I think this is delivering, like he's strange and quirky and in a way that is kind of refreshing to me. Like, I really like his character and I like, I like, I like Mr. Rogers as his foil. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, it's, it, it's got oblique Mobius, Mobius references in it. How is it impossible for me to dislike this comic? <laughs> and I, that's, I think, I, that it is kind of establishing a silly, kind mm -hmm. of loose, even with, like, the comic starting with a dude's neck being, like, oh, yeah. reversed 180 degrees. But it is, there's, like, it, it, I, it's really tongue-in-cheek and dark. The, the violence is purposefully over the top when there is violence and I'm, I'm interested. I really, that, the last page really, I really, I mean, it's not like groundbreaker or anything, but I knew there was something that gonna happen, but I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. I like this. I'm a, I'm a buy. I'm a solid buy. 
I'm I'm a, I'm a very confident by myself. I really enjoy this. Doesn't it feel a lot like a uh, oh, what do you call it? I mean, it, it's it's like a, it it feels like they want this to be a procedural TV show. You know, it's a new detective buddy comedy. It re- I don't know. It reminded me uh, actually of uh, the uh, Sherlock. Have you seen Sherlock mm-hmm. with the Cumber 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 Dick Benderbatch? Cumberdick Benderbatch. That's you are a. I I like you. And and Bilbo Baggins. They go. Uh, Cumberdick Benderbatch and Bilbo Baggins. They go solve mysteries. Oh fucking Jesus Christ! So it reminds me of that. I like I that it, it, except that this John Flood guy is actually likable. Sherlock not likable. Really he's intentionally. He's intentionally unlikable. Yeah, exactly. But I prefer this where I like the characters. <laughs> I enjoy them. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that's a double buy. John Flood number two. It's it's I'm I'm glad. I, it kind of made me happy that I'm like I like this. Good. Yeah. I, I'm 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 pleased because I think it's a, I think it's a good book. Well, no, what is, what is, what is, is it? Is it is it time for a, for cat hugs? Is no, that what's happening? No, no, my iPad is just deciding I'm gonna read New X Men now for some reason. <laughs> um, why is your iPad so stupid? This is amazing. Uh, it's an old product. It's a couple generations old. They purposely uh, install dumb things as it ages. Apple adds to its dumb quotient some hidden algorithm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a thing. Makes I you can verify up, Makes those. you want to upgrade. Yeah, Neil Stevenson told me that's a thing. Uh, our next book is Batmite, number four. I wrote number three in our uh, notes, and I just fixed it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just looked at the cover. It says four. So we're reading four. Uh... Written by Dan Jurgens, art by Corin Howe, colors Mike T.A., letters Tom Napolitano. Um, this is another one of the, the of the DCU books, uh, kind of in the same vein as, as Bizarro in that it is aimed at all ages, uh, not in continuity kind of story. Uh, what is your experience with Batmite, Eric? Um, if any. Well, I read this book. Okay. Nothing before this? Uh, actually, uh, AJ at uh, my local comic book store, Emerald City, uh, wholeheartedly recommended to me that I read some Batmite story. I don't remember which one, um, because he recommends a lot of things to me, because AJ is like a walking encyclopedia of comics, and his recommendations are usually very good. But uh, that's really about as far as I got, to, you know, not reading something that was recommended to me. Okay, I have. I think I've read Batmite stories from like Silver Age. Okay, I think that's and that was a when I was young. Is I, he like a Mitzelplick? Kind of, not exactly, but sort of. I, it's not obviously. It's not. He's never been even as big a character as Mitzelplick. Mm-hmm. So it's. I I think he was at first. This is you know, just a shot in the dark. A kind of mm-hmm. hey, that's a kind of weird impish character we can mess around with superman let's do the same with batman except he's mm-hmm. kind of heroic mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the feel here it's like a, a little impish kind of mischievous character that wants to be a hero um kind of it has jokes about you know com- like it you know winks at the camera and makes jokes about comics inside of it uh makes jokes about people who like comics even uh mm-hmm. collectors in particular uh Nine point eight to a ten. Yeah, I don't. Uh, do you like this, sir? Tell me. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't blow me away. I might be a little softer on it than I was on Bizarro, but it's it's fine. I like 
for some reason, I I like Booster Gold stories. Well, he's a good character. Yeah, he's a he's a good character, and I like that he he makes the gritty version of Booster Gold, which is hilarious. Yeah, that is the best part of this. We get Black it's, Gold. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, it's, it's I don't know. It's good that people are making fun of that. I'm I don't like Batmite. Like I I don't like I like I like. I like the writing. I like the cartooning. Mm-hmm. I like the black gold jokes. I I mean, I just don't like these kind of I don't like you these do, impish. Or you, you don't like Scrappy-Doo? I hate, no, no, I hate Scrappy like every sane person should. I am actually kind of indifferent on Scrappy-Doo only because Scooby-Doo is fucking terrible <laughs> with or without <laughs> Scrappy-Doo. Scooby Doo is watchable without Scrappy Doo. With Scrappy Doo, I want to burn my television. I have not seen a Scrappy Doo cartoon since I was a child, so I don't know that I can make that judgment. I I don't like Scrappy Doo. I don't like any like purposely obtuse characters, like uh, like characters that are like dumb and like mischievous, like you know, like you know, like hey, we're gonna go do this and just kind of ignore everything. I don't, I don't like. But this comic isn't bad. It's all right, and I like. I agree with you. I think Bizarro is a little bit better. Um, I think just because the art isn't as kind of, I don't want to say generic, but kind of more unique I, style. I really enjoy this art. No, it's I enjoy very it good. Yeah, I I think I just like the art of Bizarro a little bit more. I think the this writing guy, is no, better in this. I think this is better. Honestly, okay. it's it, the drawing is is much better to me. I mean, it's it's got kind of a weird. Sort of hybrid. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that Hanna Barbera in there, uh, maybe a little bit of Archie, um, and definitely some some European sort uh, comics influence in it. I I really like it. It's good good fundamental drawing. I just wish that they weren't floating in the middle of a bunch of generic buildings for like half of this book. That was really boring. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll say I'm. I'm a buy. Wish me a three. Like a three. I think that's fine. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, the fact that I'm willing to do that and the fact that I don't like Batmite himself, mm-hmm. I like. I should tell you. But, and I, for an all-ages book, it's really solid. Yeah, I would totally buy this for a kid. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a really uh, I think it's a really cute book. I really like it. Booster Gold jokes. Needing, it's weird. Needing still the derision towards grit, grit, grim mm-hmm. reboots. Children. It's important. Yes. You need to, to brainwash them. Brainwashing children, that's what life is all about. So you're, you're a solid buy on that one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think I could go as, I, I wouldn't even go as high as one on the mush beaners. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a level buy. Um, so that's a double buy mush meter 1.5. Math. Mm-hmm. Mathing. One point math. My favorite number. Uh, our next book is ostensibly from Marvel. It's a Disney property, but hey, it's all the same company. Um, yep. Written all these, uh, all these Disney comics we read. <laughs> all of them. We uh, we have read Scrooge Duck. That's definitely a Disney comic, but I mean, you know, hell, so Spider Man now. That's technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> How many times a day do we say that? A lot. Uh, is, yeah. We are reading Figment Two, number one. Uh, written by Jim Zub, Art Ramon Box, colors Jean Francois Bo Bolo Bolu. I apologize. Letters, Joe Caramagna. <laughs> I my French is the worst. Uh, I I can I can relate to that. Um, can I just throw this out there that I don't know why this comic is is real. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like it's so wholesome. 
<laughs> and it confuses me, and I don't know why people would make this. I mean, it's fine. I enjoy the art. I, 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 I have, I'm mostly positive on Mr. Zub. Um, it's really confusing to me why people would, would be like, yeah, let's make a comic book about Figment and the bearded guy and it's gonna make no sense. And I, what is this? Can you explain to me why this book is a thing? Okay. This is, I've not read the first Figment one, Figment mm-hmm. one, volume one, we'll call it that. Um, it is collected in hardcover. Uh, it's available at, apparently at theme parks and Disney theme parks. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim Zub has even has tweeted that out. Um, it is Figment one has the official in continu- in continuity canon Disney origin of Figment. Okay. He Jim Zub worked with Disney people, and it is actual like the actual origin of Figment, like in Disney lore. Um, Apparently, Figment One did very has done very well, mm-hmm. like sold a lot of comics. Uh, so they made more. I think that's the end. That's the. I mean, if you want to know why this exists, that's the long and short of it. Because right. they made, the, the, they the did one of the. Is, they, the answer they, is capitalism, money. But I mean, money. I I think they just Disney had, like because now they own Marvel, they have a very easy way that they can kind of like put out comics with their properties on them and I think Figment was one that was kind of sitting around not doing anything and they went, you know, let's try it out and apparently has done well for them. I, I'm gonna I like this comic. I am a, I officially, I'm gonna probably go back and read that first volume. I, it seems, it seems like you were and correct me if I'm wrong on this but my memory is you were actually like kind of interested slash excited that that book came out. Yes, I have a soft spot in my heart for Figment. Yeah, uh, I, I figured I figured you were one of those weirdos. I well, as a child, uh, you know, I, whenever my grandma would come to visit, we'd always, you know, would, you know, what do you do with a kid when a, a relative visits? You go to Disney, mm-hmm. you know, when you live in Florida. So we went to Disney, and you know, my grandma kind of liked she liked all the characters. It was Figment. I mean, mostly Winnie the Pooh kind of stuff, but also Figment. And I, I had a stuffed animal Figment when I was a kid. And I, I, you're right, it is wholesome and kind of weird that this is the thing they make comics about. I feel like I, feel I really like, Jim like it. Zub is, I feel like Jim Zub is going to go off and write a Teddy Ruxpin comic after this. I would probably like, check that out. Oh God! Just on the strength of this, I like the it's whimsical and silly. I it, but I like it. It's it's cute, it, and you're right, and it is entirely wholesome. And like I can already see the plot like laid yeah. out in front of me, and that is perfectly fine. I like I I would willing to go on that journey. I can see the road. I'm just going to walk down. It's a little, it's a little too wholesome. I think that, uh, I think that what's his name needs to like molest some kids or something. It's just, it's, it's too bright and happy. It does look really nice. It does look it, really good. Really, really good art. Although, uh, although all the cover, like Figment's cold dead eyes are just burning a hole in me. It's terrifying. They're excited eyes. No, they're, they're, those are the, those are the eyes of someone that's about to eat a baby. I just want to corrupt things. No. No, of course not. I am just I am just terrified of beady-eyed little dragons that want to eat things. I'm ready for this precocious little girl to get this plot. I am bothered that this is just like frame story that never, that doesn't go anywhere. No, I think it's going to come around. Precocious always sounds like an insult, doesn't it? I think it's precocious if you're an adult. If you call an adult precocious, that is no, definitely an insult. No, you can't call an adult precocious. It doesn't apply. Okay, regardless. 
I don't think it's an insult when you call it a, call a child kiss. It sounds like one, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's been, in, in all of my life, it has been, I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound like a compliment. I always use a compliment for children. Well, it literally I am, is a compliment. I have, I have goodness in my heart, Eric. Maybe you should stop hanging around such ne'er-do-wells you use that as an insult for children. You don't understand how language works, do you? Or, how, or, 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 the, or even understand the words I'm saying to you. What? That's right. You just make a weird penguin noise and then say what? Penguin noise is more like. You can't tell me that those are th- those are similar noises. Get over yourself. They're both bird type noises. Well, what? I'm supposed to correctly identify what bird you're emulating in that short amount of space? Forgive me, Robbie. This book is weird. I'm a buy. One hundred percent. I guess I'm a buy. I'm I'm pretty mushy. This is a this book is weird. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna have trouble giving it anything less than five. Five on the mush meter. Just need a. We just need to warm up that that cold dead heart of yours, Eric. You can start by warming up Figment's cold dead eyes. His eyes are nice and excited. He's happy. They're terrifying. You just had bad experiences, purple dragons, didn't you? As a young man. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's talk about what are we reading I, next? What? Nothing. Was that supposed to be me? Yes, it was. I was trying to remember what is what is what is Kitty Pride's dragon? Uh, the, the... I want to call it Lockheed. Is it Lockheed? Yes. Okay, I. I was like, I. She. She I... should get a second dragon and name it Martin. That is a double buy on Figment Two Number One, uh, Mushmeter Two and a Half. Uh, our last book of the week is Reach Number One, Reach Hands of Red. It's full title. Uh, story, Joe Bazula, Art, Scott Irwin, Colors and Letters, Ben Glibbert. Uh, this is a comicsology, uh, uh, what's the, comicsology submit yeah. program? Very, very indie comic. Yeah, um, I kind of saw it and just was like, eh, check it out. It looks like it was published, uh, by winning a Kickstarter. That's possible. Well, there's a bunch of thank you Kickstarter names at the end. Okay, then yes, that's exactly what it was that, um, uh, you were. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Eric? I'm, you meant you kind of hinted at it before we started recording. Did you hear that heavy, exasperated sigh? Mm-hmm. I did. I don't like this book. Okay. I don't think that it's particularly well illustrated. I don't think that it's particularly well written. I don't think the premise is interesting. I'm not hooked. None of the characters are really. I don't know. There's not a lot of depth here. It it feels pretty clunky. This this feels a lot like this feels like a, a college illustration project, and not necessarily one at the front of the class. I I don't really care for it at all. The color is actually very nice and makes the book look a lot more professional than it is. I think this if this was in black and white, it would. Uh, it would really go a lot further to make this, um, I don't know, seem as amateurish as it is. But I, I, this is, this is, this is an amateur work. I, and I, I think that's fine. But unless it grabs you, I can't really recommend it. I don't enjoy it. I'm, I, I also, I don't like it. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I would not recommend it. Uh, just out of hand. Although, I, I feel like there's something, like I was looking and I'm like, it feels like there's potential. Like, mm-hmm. 
but it does it like it's really messy and doesn't yeah. it tries to do way too much with I think what it has. It's, it no, just, it's it's true. It's trying to be big and epic and it's just it just sort of all untangles into a mess. It's not it's not really very good. I I think that it's kind of an axiom that you have to make a lot of bad art before you can make good art and these guys need to make a lot more bad art. This is this is this is not great. So, okay, you don't like the art? Don't care for the illustration, don't care for the writing. Okay. I think the coloring is 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 pretty good but could stand to be a little bit better. I I the art is wonky and weird mm-hmm. and distorted and stuff and I think that if this was a book about not this, I think the art yeah. could be okay. What like, would what would what would you like to see this sort of illustration style applied to? Like a child like it could be like something less dark, like mm-hmm. something like whimsical like the like the figment, like not even not figment himself, but some you know mm-hmm. a fair like a storybook. Something we've more. read we've read two two all ages comics this week, and you think that this is better suited for that? I think this art style would be better, like not even necessarily be for an all ages book, but for a book that could be aimed at adults, but was more mm-hmm. not about like people getting their arms chopped off and being tortured. Like this is like Game of Thrones dark yeah. fantasy, and I this art certainly, and there are parts where I go, Ugh. but I some of it I think is interesting at least, and I don't think it suits this dark, grim, bloody, gross story with no one is likable, where there's not one character in this that I root for. Yeah. Well, there's not one character with any depth other than this is their role. Yeah. You know, there's there's no real thought. It's just like, I'm this guy, and I'm the guy with the beard, and I have a mustache, and I drink too much, and I'm the girl. <laughs> like that's that that I, that I was I, gonna I, say I, there are very serious uh, problems with the the portrayal of the one woman in this book. Yeah, kind of doesn't kind of doesn't pass the Bechtel test, does it? <laughs> no, uh, uh, I, no, not not a not a good book for a lot of reasons. But you know what? You gotta. It it takes a lot of guts. I don't know if you saw uh, on the Facebook page when we got that message from the guy that that published the uh, Tarzan Idaho comics, mm-hmm. and apparently the guy that published it. Uh, did you read this at all? Yes, yes, I read. You, okay, so you did read the back and forth. Yes, well, I'll I'll describe it um, for for our our listeners. Um, that he messaged us, and we 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 made fun of the football story a little bit. Well, like I don't think we were particularly mean. It was just something that we found funny, and we laughed about it. We made jokes about it, and you know, he he was actually very gracious about it, and said, you know, I actually wrote that story, and it was based on some real events, and it was, you know, I'm not particularly religious, and this, 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 and you know, I I sent him a message back and said, you know, we probably we made fun of it a little bit, and this and that, but it's it's a very tough and brave thing. To put out any kind of artwork, even if it's bad, and stand behind it and put your name on it. And you've done that. And even if I don't like it, I think you should be commended for that. And that's kind of how I feel about this. These guys have put out a book that that I think has a lot of problems, but they've still finished a thing and put it out in the world. And you know what? Good for them. I was looking at Kickstarter credit pages. It's a lot of people mm-hmm. Kickstarted this book. Yeah. Sizable amount. 
But yeah, I'm I'm on do not buy. But like I yeah, like I I everything Eric said entirely correct. Mm-hmm. So don't just think that I don't know. Don't just think that I want to sit here and be a douchebag and make fun of people for putting out work when it's not like top tier quality. Like I don't know how there is like a space for sort of average talent. You know, it's hard. Yeah, no, it really is. You it's a have very to be, crowded marketplace right now. It is. You have to be insanely good to get people's attention and to make any degree of sales. It's very challenging. I don't know how, like, ordinary people I, – I don't know how you can make a living at this kind of stuff without being crazy, crazy into it, you know, without dedicating 100% of your life to it, without working 12 to 15 hours a day every day. And just killing yourself to do it. It's not a casual sort of thing, but I, I don't know. I don't want to say that people, I don't want to say that people shouldn't make work like this. I am, you, you have to suck a lot in order to get good at something. And I don't know. My hat's off to you, gentlemen, but I do not enjoy your comic. That's a double do not buy. Reach number one. I'm assuming you didn't read anything else this week. Unless you read Midnighter. <sighs> I really wanted to read Midnighter. I was like, ooh, that's Midnighter. I gotta get my violent and gay fix for this week. Dick's in it. Are there? Re- oh, god damn it. I didn't know what you were saying. <laughs> I thought you were saying there's penis in the book, and I'm like, really? No, that's, I was, I was I, purposeful. I know. You're, 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 that was a uh, uh, little obtuse jab at me there. I get that. No. Dick Grayson. I... I would just be just shocked, and I, I don't know. Like, wow, that's so weird, DC. I can't believe you did that, but whatever. So, with that, Wiki Floppies is over. Until next week, we'll have more. Mm-hmm. There's always more comics. Never ends. There, it's a never-ending stream of comics. Uh, but with that, it's time for checking. Checking in Spar Show, Eric and I will uh, talk about what we've been up to in the three and a half days it's been <laughs> since I know we talked, to, we talked I've last. Literally nothing. <laughs> yep. Have you I've watched done, watched I've more done Narcos? I I finished Narcos. It's good. Okay, well, it's something. super good. I kind of want to spoil all of it for you, but Please I mean don't. it's fucking history. Well, yeah. I mean, not, I'm not gonna say that it's not sensationalized, but it's got to be at least somewhat grounded in reality. How many episodes? I, oh, I don't even remember. It was something like 12. That sounds right. Yeah, it was probably about as long as Daredevil was, which I think was 13 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very good. It's so strange. And it's, it's weird, man. They picked an incredible actor to play Pablo Escobar. And you realize, like, the like the guy that plays him, he's like he's kind of fat and he's weird looking. But like compared to like the real Pablo Escobar, he's like incredibly handsome. Pablo <laughs> Escobar is a weird looking dude. He is an incredibly strange looking dude. You just 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 Google his face right now. He looks like Borat or something. He looks like a dad. Yeah, he does. But that he's like one of the most dangerous men that have ever lived. Yeah. Also, one of the richest, and definitely the richest criminal that's ever has ever lived. Did I tell you how much money they were making a day at like their height? Uh, no. I imagine sixty million dollars a day. That's a lot of money. It's a hefty chunk of change. Pablo Escobar had a net worth of thirty billion dollars. That's a lot. Yeah. 
by comparison, today, this was in the 90s, today, the richest man in the world, Carlos Slim, is worth $79 billion. That's kind of incredible. You think about, like, all the gang violence and drug violence and, like, the crack dealers and things that we were dealing with in, like, the 80s and 90s. I bet you so much of it is was a result of, of this horse shit. It's amazing. Like, the, I don't know, the whole story is uh, remarkable. Like, it, the, the, the show opens with, like, this weird quote about what magical realism is. <laughs> Good. And then, because the whole, it's like watching Fargo, you know, to where you're like, oh my god, this is a true story, I can't believe that happened. Except, you know, Fargo was, like, all made up, and this is, like, legitimately so crazy you can't believe it. It's absolutely nuts. I, I don't know. I, I, I thoroughly recommend it. I'm a little obsessed with it. Okay. I don't know that it's the best content that, um, Netflix has done, but I certainly enjoy it a lot, and I am really looking forward to the second season. Which they don't, they don't end it. That's what's frustrating to me. I feel like the first season should have ended with him getting caught. I mean, how long can you drag it out? I mean, we know the guy got caught and died in prison or whatever happened. I don't know. I'm not going to I'm not going to do research outside of a television show. <laughs> okay. I was thinking about that. About which? Narcos. You should you should totally watch it. I I thoroughly recommend it. And if you have the Netflix, it is it comes with the Netflix. I have it. You do have it. But not you, I mean, it's been these four it days. It has. It has not been. It has not been long. No. I have not really had time to do much. I've done a lot of work. Done a lot more other work. Slept some stuff. Slept I a said, little. A little. Somewhat. As is your custom. Mm-hmm. I lifted heavy things. That's good. Yeah, it's good for you. I did that too. Good. You want to hear about Metal Gear Solid Five? I am dying to hear about your Billy Idol collection. <laughs> I was very, I'm like, I was very much like, I'm just going to not buy it. I'll wait. Mario Maker comes out eight days. I'll buy that. But I just heard too many things about it. I had to pull the trigger. Uh, it is, I have never played any other Metal Gears. I mean, I've seen I them. I've seen, I, I I've, I've seen Metal Gear Solid played. I, like, I've been present while other people played it. Yeah. I never I, played I, for I any of them. We have literally never discussed it. And it was something that I was like crazy obsessed with when I was young. But you have you have no real frame of reference. I mean, I know of it because I follow gaming. Like I know right. Solid Snake and all that. I know that the story's incomprehensible for the most part, uh, and that the games are strange and there's you know hours of cutscene and you know very cinematic and they're groundbreaking in a very strange kind of way in video games. Um, but from what I understand, having just from what I've heard and listened to people say about this game. Is that it? It's an open world game, as as opposed to all the other Metal Gear games, which are very linear, very kind of story mission, story mission, story mission, cutscenes, cutscenes, cutscenes. You know, it's very much like you're following a path and just going through the story. And the gameplay is almost sometimes tangential to that. This is almost all gameplay. There is a cutscene to start off the game, like not I wouldn't call it a cutscene. You try to play it, but it's very not your your part of it is generally not. You know, you're not doing a bunch. You're just kind of walking through this, the intro, which is very good. It's a very good intro. Really, is compelling. But after you kind of get through the opening tutorial kind of stuff, is you are just out in this open world environment, uh, like doing missions, doing like you have like a Pokemon style uh 
kind of game where you capture soldiers and brainwash them to be on your side? What? I'm, I'm like, knock out a soldier, like, out in the world. Yes. You attach a balloon to him, he flies away. Literally. And <laughs> you, it's called Fult, you Fulton him. You attach yes. a balloon to him, he flies off in the air yelling, ah! And then he goes back to your mother base, which is like an, like an RPG-like system where you're researching new weapons and equipment and getting new technology and like, I just did a mission, a side mission where I managed to, uh, capture a Russian interpreter. So now when I, uh, sneak up behind Russian soldiers, I can interrogate them to find out where their, you know, their friends are in a camp or whatever. I can understand Russian now because I have a Russian interpreter. Like, it's that thing where, like, you, and they're graded from, like, A to E on all these, in all these different departments, and then they get sent back to your base, and then they help research things, or I don't, I have not, I haven't played a bunch yet, I'm gonna dig really this week, but... You could, and you could like cassette tapes or pop hits from the 80s, like I said, like Billy Idol, or, uh, or, you're, uh, you're definitely tweeting about Billy Idol. Uh, Kids in America, uh, that, that song. We're the kids in America. That song's I, in there. I, I uh, don't know that one. Blinded, blinded you with science. Blinded, she blinded me with science is in there. And you can play these songs, like, and there's also story cassette tapes, but you can just, like, you can just run around, ride around on your horse, infiltrating camps, and, like, it's very, it, it rewards you being very stealthy and sneaking in and not being caught, but it is just as easily run through a build, like, run through a base and just murder everyone and not care, but it's better. It sounds, it sounds like you're describing Red Dead Redemption with Billy Idol cassettes. It's closer to Far Cry, but there is definitely Red Dead in there, too, because you collect plants and animals. I, I caught a wolf pup, so now I'm fairly certain that dog, it's gonna grow up into a dog, and then I'll eventually be able to take it into missions with me. Like, you could bring a buddy along with you, which right now my buddy is my horse, but eventually I'm sure I could bring my dog as my buddy. Good lord. Yeah, and you can, you can, you can have your, you have a helicopter and you can just have it, you could put speakers on it and it will just play music as it rides, you ride around in it. And I think there's a way you can just put in any mute one, especially on PC. So you can have your helicopter play any music, I think. Jesus Christ. It's really, I, I, that's all, hearing all these things, I'm like, I have to play this. It's so strange and such a weird thing. I mean, but the gameplay, it's really tight mechanically and like, cause that's all there is really. Um, the story is kind of like not, it's there, but it's not, it's certainly not the centerpiece. It is about going through this desert and, you know, taking out guard posts and stealing cassette tapes and building up your mother base. Seems like, like Hideo Kojima has always been all about sort of that fourth wall breaking, like, meta weird video game thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sure. even, even starting with like Psycho Mantis and having to plug into the second controller. Like, that's some, that's some weird shit. No, there's. That, you, that you've just described. That's, yeah, that's, no, it's very strange, but it's fun. And like, you can upgrade your horse to poop. That's that's what you that's what you said, and it acts like a banana peel. Like if a soldier slips in it, the, the steps in it, they'll slip and fall. Does it make a like a stupid noise? I don't know yet. I haven't upgraded. Uh-huh. I, I haven't I haven't gotten to that point. You're talking here. I can't. I uh, couldn't hear you either. You got really roboty there. So yay, internet. Mm-hmm. You're a little bit better now. Um, no, you can't. He, it, I haven't upgraded him yet, so I I, I don't know what's the way it's. I imagine it's gonna. It makes like a three student sound. Because when you put a, a balloon on a guy, he goes, Whoa! 
as he flies off into the air. Jesus Christ. You also, like, I have also ballooned a sheep back to my base. And he goes, <laughs> I think my favorite, my favorite one was, um, I think it was Metal Gear 3. And there was like a weird sub game inside it where you had to capture and eat one of every animal in the game. And the rarest animal in the game was uh, one of the bosses has had a pet parrot. Did you, but I don't know. Like, you would eat the guy's parrot, and he would lose his mind and just, like, start shooting you in the head. It was amazing. There is a long list of animals that apparently you can find. Um, and you can you can balloon them back to your base. Yes, you can balloon them. You hit them with a tranquilizer and then balloon them back. To I am anxious uh, to see what the gerbil makes, the noise the gerbil makes. There's also like weather effect, like there's sandstorms that uh, like that uh, affect visibility. If if you're on a, on a way to a base, if someone sees you on the way, the people in the base will already be more alert. Like if you disable communications in a base, they'll be less likely to inform other bases about you being there if you're seen. Like, there's just layers and layers of stuff. It's, I don't know, I have a very loose idea of the story of Metal Gear, but eh, you don't need, I don't, I'm listening, Kiefer Sutherland has replaced as the voice of uh, Big Boss. Yeah, he's uh, not, it's not David Hayter anymore. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, having heard David Hayter, I'm all for Kiefer. He's a, a good voice actor. He uh, does a good job with the cassette tapes I've listened to. <laughs> He doesn't really talk much while you're in the game. He goes, like, he says hi to his horse. To D-horse, as he is called. Don't be hating on David Hayter, man. I, I, not first time I've heard that. He wrote X-Men. I'm not hating on David Hayter. I'm just saying I'm, I'm fine with Kiefer. He's, is he a Kiefer? He's a Kiefer. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that didn't make you groan. I, I quelled it. <laughs> just, just, like, stabbed a pencil into your leg or something. Like yes, thank you for that pun, Eric. I, I just uh, I squeezed the webbing between my thumb and forefinger. <laughs> like I'm like I'm in the cell, and I can just have you seen the cell, the movie? Oh God, who was in it? I know it was like J Lo, wasn't it? J Lo, Vincent D'Onofrio, and it's fun. Okay, I was remembering Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, they when you go into the mind of, when they go in the mind of the dude, and just you squeeze that, mm-hmm. and you can come back. Sounds good. My brain is just full of puns and. French drawings of butts. Metal Gear Solid Five is, I probably it's it, like a huge release. I kind of like. I think Mad Max also came out this week. I'm probably just gonna wait for it. It looks like it's fun, but it looks very formulaic. I'll probably wait till it's on sale on that. I you you have to really get my attention for a a movie tie-in game to be worth my money. I I've watched gameplay videos. It looks. Like, there's, like, it's very much like, hey, it's like Assassin's Creed and Batman, and, like, it has a Batman, uh, combat, like, Mordor combat. It has, you know, towers you have to conquer, and, you know, warlords you have to beat and stuff, but it looks like there's a lot of kind of fun stuff in it. I just don't think probably not with $60, especially when Mario Maker comes out next week as well, so I'll wait for it, but I'll probably still play this. Sounds good. Ready to get out some ideas about New X Men? Talk about that. Your thoughts, Eric. We'll have a we'll have a a, a, a trauma circle here. <laughs> so checking this over. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part show Eric and I will assign along our collected work, like you would a book club. Uh, discuss in depth. Uh, this week we are finishing up uh, Grant Morrison's run on New X Men Volume Six and Seven. I think it's issues like one. 
I'm looking right at it. Let me, I can tell you that 146. 46 through 154. Uh, uh, Art Philomenez and, uh, Mark Sylvester are the two artists. There's two arcs, uh, mm-hmm. Planet X and then Here Comes Tomorrow, uh, and they draw, uh, those arcs respect Philomenez for Planet X and Mark Sylvester on Here Comes Tomorrow. Give me, here, we, okay, we got, let's, let's, uh, let's lay it out. Zorn reveal. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, is that a source of consternation? Eric, is that the largest source of consternation? I am, once we finish discussing these two books, I'm going to pretend they never happened. <laughs> that, that is, that is how I feel about these two books. To say that that's the largest source of it, maybe. Okay. It's basically, I can't imagine a worse ending to these books. <laughs> I literally can't imagine a worse ending. Like, if I was just going to pull random shit out of a hat, you know, I, I, who was making these decisions? You can't tell me Grant Morrison is this shitty a writer. That, this is actually, he did this in behest of the editorial staff. Really? Yeah, they, I mean, he, they, I, I, I guess he just kind of pulled rank at the time because he was definitely... At that point, Marvel kind of had no legs to stand on because they were doing so poorly. I mean, they're yes. just coming out of bankruptcy and all that. So I think they let him go ahead and do this stuff, and then they kind of retconned a lot of it away. It's awful. I can't think of a single thing in any of this junk that I like. Like, that one of the Stepford Cuckoos turns out to be a, a villain, and Magneto gets his fucking head chopped off. He does. Who, who wants this shit? Who who wakes up and says, "Oh yeah, that's some shit I need to see." There's no part I want. No part of this. That's, I was that's I was trying to brace it for it last week. Uh, I, mm, uh, okay, I will say that I will say that Jean Grey and Wolverine flying into the sun that I kind of appreciated, but but undoing Zorn with this thin like it is completely nonsensical. That, that Magneto is gonna pretend to be this guy. It's gonna fool everyone. I mean, I suppose that's the gimmick. It's like, oh, my nano sentinels. And that's how I can pretend to be a healer. Fuck you. That's so stupid. <laughs> Take a character that is fucking interesting and is also like the only fucking Asian in the X-Men. At least until Armor shows up. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. And, and they there's, fucking turn him into. There, there's, there, into... there's Sunspot, but he's not in them at this point. Yeah, I guess so. No, you're. I. This is not as like I remember thinking this was fine when I read it the first time, but I'm reading it again. I'm like, mm, ugh, that's yeah. It, it kind of the fact it compounds the problem when you take Zorn, who is an interesting new character. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, like, it's kind of, cr- like, he has a star for a brain, like, kind of weird, yeah. weird science craziness that works in the X-Men especially. And, you know, he's a peaceful healer-type character, which you mm-hmm. often also don't see because healing powers are boring. Like, you see them once in a while, but generally the, the quote-unquote cool characters are the guys with claws at the end of their fists, or, you know. Yes. Um. So you take him. And you reveal that it's Magneto, but then it's not even good Magneto. Like, it's mm-hmm. weird Magneto. Like, okay, we flash, when, after the reveal, we flash forward that after a day, he has taken over New York City. Mm-hmm. A day. 
one day, and then and then within another day or whatever, I don't know the time, because it's not long, he is completely inept and a drug addict? Like, it's, yes. it, it contradicts itself. Like, how was he able to, like, he was able to conquer an entire city with a band of misfits, and yet they all don't like him? And he's a, he has, like, he's, like, completely impotent? Well, hey, hey, you know, it can be terrible, but at least he gets his head chopped off. I'm fine. Okay, I'm fine. Like, there there are universes, dimensions, where I could see alternate realities, where I could see, okay, Zorn is Magneto. Okay, I could buy that. It's not great, but I can buy it. I can buy Magneto being, like, the full-fledged terrorist character that he kind of was at the beginning of the Mm action. I can see Wolverine chopping his head off in a fit of rage, you know. I could see that happening. But the way this story connects those things is nonsensical. It makes it terrible. Like, any kind of thing that could be good out of those plot points makes it, like, Magneto having a naked Xavier just hanging around. Mm-hmm. Magneto, like... Like, that's the thing, like, he's has so full of, imp- like, he has no, like, he's, we're told that he's so powerful and that he's taken over this city and nothing can stop him. And he's done all this crazy planning, but then every time we see him, he's failing, like, terribly. He's just being stupid. Magneto has never been stupid. No. He's never been dumb, not once in his entire, like, entire history of the character. Sure, he's been egotistic or, like, he's been arrogant, but this is not arrogance, this is just idiocy. And a drug addict too. Like what? Like what is his motivation for taking the drugs? He's already like it's pretty well established. I mean, he's one of the most well, like one of the most powerful mutants. Like he's never needed that extra kick <laughs> to do anything, and yet now, now he has this band of misfits. Are the and like this? Okay, this is how bad some of this is. X Men Three does better. Magneto stuff in the same vein than this mm-hmm. comic does. Which is, X-Men 3 is terrible. Like, it's a terrible movie. It made me angry watching that movie. This Some parts of this are worse than that. Like, the way he talks. And that's, like, yeah, how is this Grant Morrison writing this? Yeah, I know. The first, the first books felt brilliant. They introduced all kinds of great characters. You felt empathy for them. They felt rich and storied and interesting. This feels like it was written in crayon. This is, this is retarded. It's childish. I could not hate it more. If this was, if this was written by anyone else and was following up anything else, I would shrug it off. But the fact that Grant Morrison wrote this garbage is, it, it really makes me dislike, I, I don't know. I, I guess that it's that old cliche that he's a hit or miss, cause this is a big fucking miss. <laughs> It does not get any bigger than this. Yeah, it does not land this mount. God almighty. Okay, so, and after that, okay, Magneto gets his head chopped off. And this is mostly, and this is actually kind of what I was also, I also referred to this last week, where I go, you know, and I, I don't know if you remember exactly what I said. Like, I thought I missed an issue when I read this the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand, like, when it goes from Planet X to, like, the end of the story is Magneto gets his head chopped oh, off. Oh, yeah. And then it jumps into Here Comes Tomorrow. Which, what the fuck is that shit? So, we, uh, I, th- you know, this one feels like it's written by a child. The next one feels like it's written by a guy huffing gasoline. <laughs> this book makes no fucking sense. It, yeah, it assumes a lot from a reader. 
like that they're supposed to pick up on. Like there's a, I, and the art's not helping, honestly. No, uh, so that's nineties nineties art. Yeah. So like Wolverine's butt just cover the cover. Uh, yeah. Mm, with that's it, so women will read the book, don't you know? Wolverines, but. We start off in this weird, like, you have no idea what's happening. You're just a guy with his sentinel fighting off nightcrawlers. Like, and then we see Eva. Like, that's the only thing you're like, okay, that's a character I at least know, sort of. Mm -hmm. She was a spaceship last time I saw her, but okay. And, but then you get the beast and you're like, what is this? The, is that beast or is that, is that someone else? Like, you. It just makes, like, gigantic leaps and doesn't bother to explain any of this stuff until the last issue of the arc. And by that point, you're like, I don't care anymore. You're like, okay, the cuckoos are in it. Like, what? what's happening? What's a phoenix egg? I don't know what a phoenix egg is. I'm supposed to know that? Yeah, it it pretty uh, pretty clearly neglects making you give a shit about any of this. Yeah, like, hey, I'm gonna spend, like, 30 issues giving you, like, background on all these characters. And in the last arc, we're gonna jump into entirely new ones that you have no idea who they are and you don't care about them. In, in, and there's just a weird flashback of Emma and Scott at a, you know, at the tomb of Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's the context to this? Why, how would, connect the dots with Graham Morrison, please. I, it shouldn't I, be this, an X-Men book, I understand, is known for their crazy continuity, but I, if I read, you know, I jump from the last issue of Planet X and then jump over to Here Comes Tomorrow, I have, I'm like, that, I'm like, what happened? Is, did I miss something? Am I dumb? You are, but. Well, that's not, I mean, not in this sense. So. What do you think about Jean Grey's new future costume where she's topless and she's got a phoenix over her boobs? Uh, it's, I, uh, it's very 90s. Y- y- yes. And I, either I can read your mind or it's the most 90s thing that's ever happened. It's pretty 90s. Uh, I, not, a, I'm not a fan of the art in, I mean, I, I think the Sentinel looks cool. I, it's fine. I think, I think he draws better than a lot of 90s guys do. But yeah. it's still super nineties. And that's the, like, I almost started caring about the Sentinel and what's his face, mm-hmm. human machine guy, and then it made it so mel- it collapsed like that entire relationship into three panels. You're like, oh the like, oh the Sentinel is kind of jealous. Oh, Sentinel's dead. Like that's the thing. Like oh oh, but the Sentinel's back, but I don't care anymore. Like I the fact that it seemed like there could be like. I don't, I don't know if Grant Morrison was trying to like, hey, I need to, I want the story, I want to tell the story, but I only have four issues to do it in cares. I'm mm-hmm. going to do it anyway. Like, I don't, it needs. No, it needs to not exist. <laughs> I was going to say. Does not, it does not need twice as many stories. I, now I was going to say, if to function well, it needs a, a, a narrator of some sort to kind of guide you through the process. Like, if Wolverine's in the story, why is he not serving as a guide? A dude that has lived through this entire thing. I don't, that's, I mean, like, if we're gonna have four issues of this, why isn't Wolverine gonna go, you know, oh, it was rough. You know, after, after Gene died, everything went to shit. You know, some, something. Just give me a, like, Wolverine weather narrator. Like, calls everyone the kid. Yeah. Like, he could just, I mean, you could do that in uh, eight pages. Tell me what happened between, and then suddenly, give me connections between the two. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, and it, 
the ultimate ending. Like, I don't understand the gene, like the phoenix suddenly, like, with her pointy fingers. Um, her claws. Her claws. Her horrific witch hands. <laughs> and her barely clothing. Like, I don't, yeah. I, suddenly she just goes, oh, blink! Scott and Emma, are, they got together. Blink! There's Fishman Phoenix makes an appearance at the end there, as well as Longshot Phoenix, I guess. Is that Quentin Quire Phoenix? That, that is Quentin Quire Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. I wonder who's going to mind that. I think they lost their shot already. Mm. I think I think they've lost their occasion because I'm going to burn every copy of this. Fucking Christ! <laughs> it really is. It feels. It doesn't feel like it belongs at all. I'm I'm happy just pretending. There's five five volumes, exist. five volumes of New X Men, and yeah, whatever. Well, Zorn did get retconned that it wasn't Magneto. Thank God for that. There was two Zorns. I don't. I think that, I don't really. I I'm not even sure what has happened since. No one. They've not used him. I guess he's just left a, a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Let's see. I'll, I'll read you Morrison's interview after you left him. In my opinion, there really should not have been an actual. He had to be fake. That was the cruel point of him. <sighs> Christ. Let's see, let's see. Marvel saw value in Magneto not being a mass murderer of New Yorkers. <laughs> Can't imagine. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, it would be... It, I could understand the artistic statement if it wasn't this. Like, I could understand, like, this this cruel, like, oh, fuck that. Here, here I'll... This is the retcon. Uh, let's see. This is the... Uh, David takes the body of Magneto to Genosu, where they hold a funeral for the deceased meat leader. However, in the last page of Excalibur number one, Xavier meets Magneto alive and well on Genosha. Uh, in subsequent issues, Xavier and Magneto debate the true identity and motives of Zorn, an individual whose banished rat body they brought to Genosha. Um, X-Men 157 introduces a new Zorn named Shen Zorn. Shen Zorn claims the twin brother of the original Zorn, now referred to as Quan Yin Zorn, and the influence of the team known as Sublime had pretended to be Magneto. Um, he is later revealed to have been Shen Zorn is later revealed one of the power during House of M. I'm gonna cry. There's also it's there there's more nonsense later on. Um, Zorn ends up being sent in the sun, but then his course is joining the formed Omega Flight, using Susan to harness I to pointer. That's not even Zorn and I don't know. Pointer? This is so bad. It, yeah, it's poor why I don't like more like yes read along the way you definitely see that there are hints that Zorn is Magneto. Mm-hmm. Not it's very subtle, nothing overt. Um, I even with that even that's not he's more interesting not doing that. Yes, much 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 more interesting. I think Quan Yin is a Buddhist deity. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's right. He's a Buddhist deity, Quan Yin. It's a female Buddhist deity. Apparently, Scarlet Witch is behind all this. <sighs> that, that's the... Jesus God in heaven. I'm so angry. This is so frustrating. <laughs> this is so frustrating. I dislike this so much. You liked it so much before. I, I'm going to pretend that this never happened. I really am. It's just going to be my little fantasy. Headcanon. Yeah, it's going to have to be. Grant Morrison, does, Grant Morrison doesn't like that they retcon this. Good, fuck him. <laughs> Good God. Just say, like, 
and and that's the thing. I if if he made something good out of this and pulled this gotcha moment, I think I could go along with it. But it's not good. That's the fucking key. It's not a good at all end of this story. Neither no. of those those trades are. No. It's like you, you know, it's like Oh my god. It's like, oh, if you like Zorn, you'll like this dookie on a stick. Fuck you, Grant Morrison. Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't even know the collective. What's that mean? In, okay, it's just Mormon. I see it. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. There you go. Yeah, I read, I was reading these comics. I did not even realize at the time mm. that it was Zorn. But he's, he was thrown into the sun. Mm. Oh, I like, I like, uh, Joe Quesada's, uh, explanation. Because Zorn's powers were psychokinetic, and his personality was so strong, basically remained an almost disembodied such thing among the big ball of energy. When the energy got sucked down to Earth by Michael and all absorbed by him, Zorn was the dominant personality in the mix, and that's what drove him towards Genosha and Magneto. Sure. Gotta pretend that didn't exist, too. Marvel's already forgotten about that. No worries. That the, the Zorn retcon is less less revered than the, the, the Zorn reveal as Magneto already. Say again? I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It is no one remembered. Uh, uh, everything you said about why Zorn is an interesting character, I could not agree with more. I would read so many more stories of this guy. I think pretty much everyone feels this way. I remember being in college right around when these books were coming out, and a friend of mine told me all this stuff. He's like, yeah, he's this crazy mutant with a star in his brain. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. He's like, yeah, but it turns out he's Magneto. And I'm like, that's stupid. I still think it's stupid. It's still bad. Star for a brain, still pretty awesome. God almighty. It's just like every single part of it was done so well. That issue where it's like Zorn's voiceover. That shit was so good. Just gives me friggin' chills. I think it's like exactly what we need in superhero comics, and then it turns to this shit. Yeah, it's like a, it, I it's I could not, not be angrier. No, yeah. it's terrible. It makes me fucking furious. You got fighting Grant Morrison. I, you want me to fight Grant Morrison? I'll do it. Well, he has powers. No, he doesn't. Powers to what? Screw sheep. He's Scottish. Met, he has metatextual powers. I guess so. His ability to write himself in any story. There you go. Anything else you want to talk about in the New X-Men Volume 6 and 7, Eric? What Volume 6 and 7? Touché! This episode never happened. You didn't listen to it. You never downloaded it. You should probably get the, you should probably get the data reimbursed on your, your, your wireless plan. Sir, it shows the download, uh, this much amount of data. Uh, no, I didn't. Retcon. No. No. It no. was, it's actually my twin brother who, uh, did that. Uh, <laughs> In an alternate timeline. In an alternate time. It's a, see, there's a phoenix egg, and uh, <laughs> you have Nightcrawler with Cyclops powers hit it a lot with their Cyclops powers, and uh, it makes it uh, makes the phoenix come back. But it's Jean Grey in the phoenix eggs, and uh, she's naked, except she has phoenix uh, clothes. Yes, she has phoenix boobies. Phoenix, phoenix clothes on, and... Uh, She's, it's the beast, but it's not, it's not beast, even though it, they call him beast, and, uh, you know, he is, 
you think it would be, but it's not. It's not him. It's it's the this other guy that they used in like one issue early on in the run, and then suddenly he's in the beast. But it's not referred to that at all until like you know last the second to last issue. And uh but he has genetic powers. And for some reason, he can just turn off people's powers. They don't really explain how he does that. I I mean, I guess he he uses the same magic that the phoenix does but they don't really ever uh, lay that out in the text you just kind of have to assume that he is a god because he just point his finger at things and things happen and then you really you really sort of went with that didn't you then we're back in the present day and scott and emma are together of course because as all all's right with the world uh so folks that was new x-men uh oh wait uh I, what did we get this never happened didn't happen. There's nothing, there's nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Keep moving. Uh, for uh, next week, we are reading Rat Queens, volumes 1 and 2, issues 1 through 10. I've collected in trade. Uh, I really like Rat Queens. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, with that, I think we can call it a day, a night. How late. It um, is certainly a night. It is a night. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, uh, every could possibly need from us is there. Links downloads, all that stuff. Mm. If you like the show, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever else you listen to us. really helps us out. Um, uh, good reviews and more reviews uh, help to find us and search for comic books or things like that. So we definitely appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hour. You can like us there. Follow us on Twitter at Hour and email us, handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at MixmasterCereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-R-C-R-A-L. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? My things? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see my other things. By going to ericzgoodnight.com. Uh, you can also tweet at me because I am on Twitter at Mr. Bad Example, spelled MR Bad Example. With that, folks, we can call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.